Stay tuned as we talk about the 23rd Psalm today, right here on Messianic Perspectives. Shalom, and welcome to Messianic Perspectives, a daily program where we look into the scriptures from a distinctive first-century Jewish point of view. This is Liz Aiello. Today, we turn our attention to one of the most beloved passages in all of the Bible, the 23rd Psalm, with our Bible teacher, Dr. Gary Hedrick. I'll be back at the close of the program with news about a special offer. And now, here's Gary. Right. Thank you and welcome, listening friend, to another edition of our program. It's good to have you with us today as we look into a very familiar passage of Scripture, the 23rd Psalm. You might say, well, Gary, why do you want to spend time on a passage of Scripture that's so well known? There's probably nothing you could say about the 23rd Psalm that we don't already know. Well, friend, you might be surprised. There may be a lot about the 23rd Psalm that you do not know. For instance, do you know where the book of Psalms came from? It was the official prayer book of the Jerusalem temple during the second temple period. That was the temple built by Zerubbabel and later by King Herod. The book of Psalms, or the Psalter as it was called, was the prayer book used in the temple. In fact, it was temple personnel in about the 3rd century B.C. who put the book of Psalms into the form we have today. Now, in the Hebrew Bible, they do not call this book Psalms. It is Tehillim, which means praises, even though many of the Psalms are actually Tefillot, which means prayers. So it's really both Tehillim, or praises, and Tefillot, or prayers. That is what the Psalms are. They are prayers, or songs of praise, to the Lord. And these 150 psalms were assembled by the priests and Levites 300 years before the time of Christ so they could be used in temple worship. So you see, you probably just learned something about the psalms that you never knew before. It was the temple prayer book. That's an awesome thought to think that the lyrics of these songs and the words of these prayers are the same words and the same lyrics that echoed through the stone corridors and courtyards of the ancient temple. Some of these psalms actually date from King Solomon. And when we come to Psalm 23, it dates from Solomon's father, King David. And this 23rd Psalm is the best-known psalm of all. For thousands of years, it has been a refreshing stream from which tired and weary pilgrims have quenched their thirst. It is a source of relief for those who are burdened, encouragement for those who are downtrodden, strength for those who are weak, direction for those who are lost, and rest for those who are weary. You see, this is a psalm that speaks to every need. No matter who you are, and no matter what you are going through, this psalm is for you. You say, preacher, nobody knows what I'm going through. Let me tell you something, my friend. God used a man to write this psalm. His name was David, the son of Jesse. 
He was a man of war. He had experienced pain and death firsthand. He knew what it was to experience betrayal, even by his own flesh and blood. He knew what it was to have a price on his head when the king wanted him dead. He knew what it was to have a child that he loved taken from him in death. He knew what it was to carry around a burden of shame and guilt because of sins he had committed. My friend, this was a man who knew what it was to have a broken heart. So don't say no one knows what you're going through. Listen, nothing can happen to you that hasn't happened to someone else before you. The Bible says there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is what? Common to man. And here is a song written by a man who experienced all of the hurts, all of the temptations, and all of the disappointments that you and I experience. He wasn't some ivory tower monarch who had everything handed to him on a silver platter and was never touched by the experiences of ordinary people. David was one of us. His father was Jesse. He grew up with seven brothers on a farm tending sheep. Inauspicious beginnings. He knows how it is. Or you might have a different perspective. You might say, Gary, I don't need this. Believe me, I don't need it. I'm doing very well. I have a successful career. I'm making good money. The family is healthy. The bills are all paid. We're all happy and things just could not be any better. Well... I'm happy for you, but let me tell you something, my friend. Sooner or later, you are going to need the 23rd Psalm, because there is no way you are going to navigate your way through this life and not experience the bad things. No one is exempt. So like the old professor used to say in college, you'd better take notes, my friend, because you're going to need this information eventually. So let's turn to this 23rd Psalm and begin first by uh, looking at its position here in the Psalter. Now, this is very interesting because remember, the Bible is a supernatural volume. Every book, every chapter, every verse, and every word is in here for a specific purpose. It's all part of a divine design. And nowhere is that divine design more apparent than in the placement of the 23rd Psalm. Why? Because before it comes the 22nd Psalm, the Psalm of the Savior. It begins with those ominous words, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? In Aramaic, Eli, Eli, lama shabachthani. El is the Hebrew or Aramaic word for God. When you add the E sound on the end, it makes it possessive. It's called a, a pronominal suffix. And it makes it Eli, my God. These are the words of Jesus when he was on the cross. So this is a messianic prophecy. When you read the words of the 22nd Psalm, you are breathing the atmosphere of Calvary. Yes, David wrote it. And yes, it speaks of David's experiences. But there is yet another portrait here. There is someone else here in this 22nd Psalm. Because there are things in this passage that just do not fit King David. For example, when were King David's bones ever pulled out of joint? 
And yet that is exactly what happens to someone who is crucified. The bones in the legs and hips and shoulders and arms literally come out of the sockets. When did King David ever have his hands and feet pierced? But that is exactly what happens to someone who is crucified. And when did anyone ever gamble for King David's clothing? Yet that's exactly what happened to Jesus. The Roman soldiers cast lots to see who got to take his garment. So Psalm 22 is the psalm of the Savior. This is where you breathe the atmosphere of Calvary. You can see him hanging there on that cross, suspended between heaven and earth. And he cries out, Eli, Eli, lama shabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So here is the 23rd Psalm. On the left, you have Psalm 22, the Psalm of the Savior, Mount Calvary. And then on the right, you have Psalm 24, the Psalm of the Sovereign. When you read this 24th Psalm, you are ascending Mount Zion to see the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Psalm 24, 7 says, Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Look at verse 8. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Verse 10. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. So Psalm 24 is the Psalm of the Sovereign. This is Mount Zion, where our blessed King Messiah sits on the throne of his father David. So what do we have? On one side, we have Mount Calvary and the Psalm of the Savior, Psalm 22. On the other side, we have Mount Zion and the Psalm of the Sovereign, Psalm 24. And in between those two mountains, Mount Calvary and Mount Zion, there is a valley. Between Psalm 22 and Psalm 24, we have Psalm 23, the valley of the shadow of death. And it's a practical psalm because it meets us right where we live, in the here and now. You see, Mount Calvary is wonderful, but it's in the past. Mount Zion is wonderful, but it's in the future. You and I have to live in the present, not in the past, not in the future, but right now. We have to know how to get through today. And that is what the 23rd Psalm is all about. It's about living in the here and now. Well, that's all of our time for today. Next time, we will begin with verse 1. I hope you'll join us. Until then, this is your friend, Gary Hedrick, saying, God bless you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you, Gary. And thank you, listening friend, for tuning in today. It's always good to have you with us, whether you're listening from home, at work, or in your car. This is Messianic Perspectives, and you've been listening to Dr. Gary Hedrick talking about the 23rd Psalm. If you enjoyed today's program, you'll be glad to know that the entire series is available on Compact Disc. When you write or call, just ask for Gary's series on the 23rd Psalm. It's available for your gift of just $6 or more to help us keep this program on your station. No book in the world is more beloved than the Bible, and no chapter in the Bible is more beloved than the 23rd Psalm. 
As Gary says, for thousands of years, the 23rd Psalm has been a refreshing stream from which tired and weary pilgrims have quenched their thirst. Maybe you know someone who could use a little encouragement right now. Why not order this series for your discouraged friend or loved one? This could be exactly what he or she needs to hear. When you write, just ask for the series on the 23rd Psalm. We have yet another resource we're making available. It's Philip Keller's best-selling book entitled, A Shepherd Looks at the 23rd Psalm. Mr. Keller was a shepherd for many years in South Africa and Australia, and he draws on his personal experience to bring new light to the 23rd Psalm. It will help you understand the 23rd Psalm like you've never understood it before. We're offering this classic book for just $7, including postage and handling. That's the compact disc for $6 and the book for $7. Just visit our secure online store at MessianicSpecialties.com to place your order. If you would prefer to order by mail, just address your request to Messianic Perspectives, P.O. Box 345, San Antonio, Texas, 78292. To order by phone, use our toll-free order line from the U.S. The number is 1-800-926-5397. And as always, when you're in touch with us, please mention the call letters of this station. If you're listening to our webcast or podcast, we need to know that too. I'm Liz Aiello. Join us next time, won't you, as Dr. Gary Hedrick continues our series of studies on the 23rd Psalm, right here on Messianic Perspectives. Messianic Perspectives is sponsored by CJF Ministries of San Antonio, Texas, and is made possible on this station by the free will contributions of our listeners in this area.